Are you watching the uh, you watching that Rangers game? Is that tonight? Yeah, I, I, dude, I've got such a stupid setup. I've got uh, <laughs> so I have to stream in a few minutes for TYT doing deep dive. So I'm gonna be watching the uh, January sixth hearing on air. Okay, um, so, and then I have I'm setting up a an iPad on my desk. Um, nice with the uh the rangers game because i'll be honest i'm way more interested in that yeah that's where the real drama is that sounds good game though. five yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on again once again bad canadian no no clue what's going on there but uh i'm glad you're enjoying it i'm glad you folks are enjoying it but welcome everyone to the to the insurgents robin jordan here it's episode 108 jordan just mentioned the uh january 6th hearing we talked about that briefly and we talked about a whole lot of other uh, ongoing newsy items, juicy newsy items. I don't even remember what exactly it was, but it was uh, there was a I'd bunch of stuff juicy. in there. Yeah, that's, a, that's the kind of thing. As it's coming out of my mouth, I'm just like, what am I? What is this? What am I saying here? <laughs> but um, you know, we always appreciate having Owen on the show. Uh, he's a writer for the Flashpoint, of course. Uh, and stay tuned as well to hear. Uh, Owen and Jordan talk about their brand new media venture. Um, stay around, stick around for the end of the episode for that. That's some exciting stuff. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. we are disrupting the uh, aggregation space. Even more so. Yeah, really cool. Uh, I'd say. Yeah, um, we did a great episode last week with our friend uh, Liv Agar. Of course, that's episode 107. That's, of course, for subscribers only. So if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at theinsurgents.substack.com. We also have a YouTube page now, right? That's right. Yes. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, please give us uh, a follow on YouTube. It's free. And what we're trying to do there is obviously put the full public episodes the teasers of the premium ones but we want to do show clips and then maybe a little more but rob and i both do youtube on the side him for uh his, his twitch streams and i do youtube for rebel hq with tyt so we figure that's something we should probably do for the insurgents as well so please give us a follow over on youtube we're going to be building that out uh very soon yeah follow on youtube um, subscribe for the live episode last week. It was a really good one and stay yep. tuned because our friend Owen Higgins is going to be joining the program right after this. I can sense the synergy from here. Yeah, you can tell. You've had a you, lot of high-profile meetings. You can also tell by like how how well we're vibing on music, like how how in sync yeah, with yeah. each other we are. 
Exactly. I'm, I'm just really <laughs> glad we life. didn't capture Owen saying he likes the Jason Newstead era of Metallica. I'll say Things it again. I'll heated. say it again. <laughs> Things were getting heated over here. It was unbelievable. That was almost our first full-fledged like debate episode. It was getting... <laughs> Emotions were boiling over. It was pretty outrageous. Yeah. I like that they kind of lean into, yeah, we, we fucked up a few times. Did you see the other day they tweeted, it's the anniversary of everyone's favorite album, Saint Anger. What's your yeah. favorite song? <laughs> Some good replies on that one, I'm sure. Yeah. Great. Wasn't that the one that they made the documentary around when they were all like hated each yeah, other they were... and were all in therapy and they were all just... Yes, and yeah. Lars decided not to have the snare wire uh, <laughs> attached to his snare, and it had yeah. that like loud so clanging noise. Yeah, with so it every sounds like it's hit. being played like inside a garbage can, basically. It sounds like dog shit. The whole <laughs> album is dog shit. But, like that documentary is really when he like leans. In, he like really embraces the villainy at that point. Like, like yeah. he's the like, heel. Yeah. Before that, I feel like he still thought that even with the Napster thing, like he really thought that he was the good guy. But then, like it's like after that, he just he was just like fuck it, whatever, I don't care. It's also gotten so much worse though for artists since Napster because streaming just pays them nothing. So like I could see how part of him is like, oh yeah, this just isn't fair. And I don't think his motives were entirely altruistic and just looking out for everyone else. Like. Part of his argument, sure, does apply. That hurts a lot of smaller artists, but they have never been in a situation, at least in the past few decades, where they have struggled financially. We were just talking about the Black Album. That, I think Jason Newsted can just live off of royalties from the Black Album forever. Yeah, forever. Now, still to this day, because it still sells so well. And that was, you know, well before the Napster days. They haven't been in dire financial straits no. so i think like he has kind of he has he convinced himself that it was altruistic but it was like right. really really shitty because also napster like i'm not saying it's inherently good but napster also opened up a ton of new music to people who never would have heard of some of these arts i found so much music that way and was able to access so much music that way that ultimately shaped my tastes now well, and it built a new, a, a new way to distribute content to people that these like dinosaur uh, record companies just had been reticent to ever even explore because they liked how things were going. And mm-hmm. they stumbled on a way, a much, much more convenient and modern way that people wanted to use uh, access content with uh, with the Internet and with technology. And they kind of forced these record companies to start adapting to that. Like, that's the reason that people were pulled and drawn into that as a, as a distribution network and it wasn't just the the piracy but it's just the convenience and the ease with which we could listen to music and find and discover things like that my, my issue with it was always like much more that he wasn't like lars was not approaching it like well this is like a new technology that we can do something with like maybe we can find like a compromise or something like he was just like no this needs to stop right now and it's like even then like you could tell that there was just no way like you can't put that shit back in the bottle like all it is is you're, you're just solely uh interested in the fact that you might be losing some money when you're already like a multi 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 millionaire yeah yeah the, it's it's ironic though the reason my music tastes are the way they are now is because a friend burned ride the lightning he downloaded and burned ride the lightning for me when i was young and i had never heard anything like that before i just wasn't into any sort of rock in general let alone like thrash or, or metal 
and that just totally opened my eyes to a whole new world of music and then he burned me system of a downs toxicity and it was just like holy shit man these are great yeah. uh and that just the rest is history so thanks thanks lars thanks lars <laughs> we did it yeah well i'm glad we could come together on this things were a little heated so i'm glad we could put that behind us get back on the same page thanks for coming on the show again owen my pleasure thank you for joining my pleasure. us thank you for having me it's kind of an unstructured uh jam sesh here yeah we're, riffing. we're just going we're going in live fuck it <laughs> yeah whatever whatever i'm That's sure the we'll kind find of rapport that we about. have that we can do that there is plenty going on certainly oh and you you are a magic the gathering head i uh, am you're a commander guy i am i'm a commander guy and a paper guy paper player yeah you're old school uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just uh, more, you know what it really is, is that I know that if I start playing arena, like on my phone or on the computer, like that's, it's just like, the, it's just like one, I just can't, I can't do it. It's, it'll just be, it'll, it'll suck up all of my time. So I just try and stay with, does that. With, with, with just, with just paper and, and just commander. And I, you know, I just play commander because that's what, uh, my friends who I play with back home, uh, back in Western Massachusetts, when I, when I visit there, uh, that that's what we play. I love standard. I think it's fun um, because it's just to get into modern or historic or anything with a like a fixed format just takes so much money to really, really build a strong deck with with, with staying power. I feel like with standard, it you know it's it's completely upended every every year or sometimes even every new set. Which you could make the you can make the argument well, you're just going to spend more money in the long run there. I just I also like that it's it's fresh and there's ways that you could build uh, cheaper decks uh, that are still effective and standard. But Rob, I, you, I hear you really want to weigh in with some, with some insight here. Yeah. Yeah. I know what all this stuff is. And I also think it's cool. <laughs> it and cool. I, I also like the decks that are more, I like usually a 50, 50 kind of combat defensive. Oh, that's deck, your, that's your approach. Which kind of gives uh, you, it kind of gives you a, an opportunity to, you know, attack on one hand, but then also you have the ability if you leave yourself ah. open to attacks, mm -hmm. you can also defend with different spells and stuff. Yeah, this is that, yep. that, that sounds I like to right. do that. that I actually, I've never really thought about it like that, but like I can, yeah, 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 I can see well, that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not, it, these are kind of like advanced <laughs> strategies that I'm into. But yeah, it's if you're, more, like course, if you're more amateur, you're just getting into it. And you might not be have access to some of this uh, uh, kind of stuff. We're kind, kind of just like, like we're just like master. sitting around the campfire right now, just just <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> that's what i bring to the table in these kind of discussions so i'm glad that you can both kind of yeah benefit from that have you played the new fortnite season yet me yeah i have i enjoy it i like it i like the plants the stuff with the seeds and stuff the reality plants i don't totally get it i don't know what's going on as usual but i'm into it did i did actually download fortnite for my phone back when it was like really popular very briefly i think i played it once and i was just like yeah this is not none of this but I'm not really, I'm not a good gamer. I'm not good at uh, gaming at all anyway. So yeah, it's just not like, like video gaming. It's okay. It's not really my. Well, I know for some people, like it's just a, it's a way to just escape from this kind of relentless onslaught of, of bad news on, on, in the media, you know, the coming climate crisis, uh, the recession around the quarter, inability to get housing. Like there's a lot of things that are affecting this generation. I think that's why they reached for these kind of pastimes as a ways to escape from that. But I think the really exciting thing that's happening on that level, I know there's a lot to be uh, anxious about. There's a lot to be frustrated about. But as 
President Joe Biden outlined yesterday in his interview with Jimmy Kimmel, you turn on the TV and you see, what do you see? Biracial couples in those advertisements. And when I see that, it really just feels like we're on the right track. We're on the right path. You say that? Are you, yeah. are you fucking serious? I thought you were joking. <laughs> no, I'm deadly serious. Uh, oh President God. Biden did indeed say that. What year the, is it? <laughs> in the interview Don't ask with him Jimmy that. Kimmel. He's like, the youth. Yeah, right. we, that's why I'm still optimistic. He's, of course, talking about all the reasons, like pointing out all these horrible problems, like he's just some random guy and not the fucking president of the United States. And talking about, of course, how Republicans <laughs> are blocking him from doing anything and not mentioning the people in his own party that are blocking him from uh, accomplishing anything. But then he's like, this is why I feel optimistic. The youth, the youth, they turn on TV and yeah, he referenced the biracial couples on advertisements. Wow. As the thing that oh, that's what we need to look yeah. at is like they were on the right path. So I feel I'm feeling good yeah. about the future of America, and this could be one of the episodes of the show that's maybe a little bit more positive because a lot to look forward to. <laughs> we talked about this last week with Liv, though, when you were talking about how a lot of people just kind of conflate the casting in like Disney series or Marvel movies as a sign of progress. Yeah, I mean, and he's like explicitly saying now it's like in advertisements and that like it's just nice to know that this like brain rot just goes all the way to the top that yep. yeah nothing needs to change but we need we need diversity in commercials for clorox wipes that's yeah that's which is when not you know a new phenomenon a by the way it's no way it's not, <laughs> not at, at all a new phenomenon but like there's <laughs> no, been and, you know, representation and, in media and commercials and media now for many decades well i mean i think that the thing is that well well first of all i mean like the, the, i mean honestly i don't know if it's been many decades it's been like, like there was still resistance to that relatively recently, but like, it's like, it's fine. Like, it's good that like that kind of representation is out there, especially for, for kids, you know, like when, like, like it does affect like the culture and stuff. Um, but it is, uh, just like, that's it though. Like, that's not like something that the, uh, most powerful person in the world should be like telling a talk show host as like evidence that things are getting better is that there's representation in like a laundry detergent commercial. You know what I mean? Like that's not like a solution. Yeah. That's just that's just it's it, what it is is it's an indicator of a positive cultural shift that's been ongoing, right? And so like so that like okay, great. Yeah, so like that shows you that that has been happening. But um but but no, but that's it though. And, and now you know because of like like Rob said because people in Biden's own party, McMansion specifically, won't support extending the child tax credit, people who receive that added tax credit and now don't have it are struggling to pay for groceries. So, like, that's just one example, like you're saying. But we talked about it before on this show. Their policy in the White House is to not specifically blame Mansion or cinema. And that, that's what they want the Democratic approach to be, to be, not to blame them, to blame Republicans. But... You have these obstacles within your own party and no no representation in uh, the Avengers or in, you know, tied bleach pens and commercials are, are going to help address people's material needs, which are very real and getting worse because of inflation, because of gas prices like people are struggling. This is just this is an aesthetic you're celebrating. Yeah, I've realized too. This is this is what gives a lot of ammunition to like these 
kind of free speech warriors in like the stand-up comedy world, like Ricky Gervais, for example. I watched, I recently watched Ricky Gervais' new special for another podcast to talk about the his decline over the over the last several decades. And I think because there's been some of these like shifts in culture, where for example, transgender people over the last um, 10, 15 years have been, have been more vocal in trying to be treated equally and in trying to ensure that their community has the same rights as everyone else and they're not discriminated against. Um, and as a, in the process of that, you know, gay rights have become more normalized. Transgender rights have become more normalized. And if you're someone like Ricky Gervais, who's this like multimillionaire, it's really easy to tell yourself that like, oh, we're living in this like woke progressive world where everything's always progressing in this, into this direction. And, uh, you know, I'm the kind of iconoclast by pushing back against that and by, by uh, questioning these things and to try perpetuating all of these like harmful stereotypes and it's everyone else that's being upset. Um, because of course we're going in this, in this woke progressive direction. I'm the only one putting, pushing back against that. But that's if, if that like kind of representation is your only, um, kind of signpost for whether society is progressing in any way, you can tell yourself that like, yeah, we, we do live in this woke progressive world. Really. When you look at like the actual material conditions that people are living under, uh, like pretty much anyone regardless of what uh, marginalized community and we see like you know the climate crisis on the horizon everything getting worse the in inability to uh get a house you know all the things i mentioned earlier upcoming recession and we're we're heading into this drastically like more uh fascistic right-wing world but these people kind of live in this millionaire bubble they look at this kind of representation uh, as the only example of how our society is progressing, and they have a completely distorted idea about like what our what our values are, what direction we're progressing in. Like really, really, we're progressing in the wrong direction. Maybe positive things have happened in terms of this kind of representation in media, which is good. But overall, we're going in the absolute wrong direction in every other way. Um, but that's what you have when you have no kind of analysis of of these kind of class uh, examples, and your only uh, your only way of looking at these things is this kind of culture war stuff you can, can tell yourself that you're the you're the oppressed minority right and you'll notice like with with gervais and and uh and you know people like uh like one time uh you know respected journalist matt taibbi and other people and i'm just picking on him because he's he's just gone full transphobe in the last 24 hours but you know like they're not uh picking on the the people who have power they're just picking on the marginalized people they're just picking on the people who who don't have power who are trying to assert themselves and because they're trying to because these people are trying to assert themselves and assert their identities as valid um uh people like you know people like taibi and and maher and uh gervais and and uh, other little hangers on um are what, what they're doing is they're just acting in service of of power and, and like entrenched power structures by by essentially saying you know uh you asking for recognition of your basic humanity is uh way more powerful and way more deserving of satire than um people who are actually in power and you know why they do that you know you can come to your own conclusions about it. i don't think it's particularly uh complicated but um it, it it sucks um and then when on the other side uh yeah you have people who are in power uh talking about this kind of surface level shallow stuff um you know like like the 
the identity of people in a commercial as an indicator of society's general health. Um, it's, it's, it's bad in, in a different way. And it's, and it's equally shallow in both ways. In, in, in both instances, you have people who are not interested in any way uh, with dealing with the actual issues and changing the way that things are in any material way. And so both of them are grabbing on to um, to this kind of shallow materialistic stuff in a, in, in, in a way that they obviously hope uh, they can continue to distract people uh, from, you know, the, the actual who is actually in power and uh, how bad things actually are. That's what I don't get about some of these people who, like you say, oh, and when you're talking about Taibi, you know, formally respected, like I really liked a lot of his work for years. Yeah, the divide it's been a huge is, influence is, on is, me. Yeah, The Divide is a fantastic book. He's done so many, you know, he's he's done a lot of great reporting and it's just like for him and a few others in those circles, it's for years they position themselves as antagonists to people in power, which that's great. That's laudable. We want that. And I don't understand the motive or, you know, I, I, I just don't understand what led them to this point where, like you say, it's meticulous coverage of people who are socially and politically powerless and especially in this moment where you have really insane invasive horrific bills in in republican controlled state legislatures to dehumanize to delegitimize to harass to violate trans people and trans kids why feed into that like you got to look at the the audience for content like that right where you kind of feed into this narrative to further uh, delegitimize or dehumanize trans people. The audience for that is not on the left. The audience for that is very much and largely, if not exclusively, on the right. So when you're doing that repeatedly, not just one piece like, oh, this is happening, what's going on here? But repeatedly covering it, talking about it, writing about it, whatever... And you have that kind of pattern, especially in this moment. It just it's just signals to me that you feel that way too. And you're not just doing the, oh, I'm just asking questions here. Like you actually believe that. Because why else would you focus on it that hard? Yeah. When you're gonna when you're taking that moment to just ask questions, like that's a specifically yeah. kind of political decision and you're giving coverage for the absolute worst people that are engaged in this very well coordinated, well funded like assault on on transgender people's rights and you're you're aligning up with them and uh, people that many of these folks that we're talking about probably used to make fun of these kind of evangelical right-wing social conservatives and i don't know how this kind of switch has happened i think part of it is like owning the libs because like uh, these these kind of rights have been embraced to a certain extent by this kind of liberal ruling class so rather than kind of like examine the ways that the maybe that this kind of liberal ruling class maybe cynically weaponizes these kinds of issues and uses it to for their own benefit rather than like examine that they kind of take the whole idea of of these rights and and kind of start openly questioning that and contributing to these right-wing campaigns in an effort to kind of like attack these establishment liberals that they don't like and like you said are just like using the most marginalized people that are right under that are under assault right now as kind of like a, a collateral damage in that quest to own the libs. Yeah. And like, you know, 
someone like Taibi is like he's he's skipping over the just asking questions point like you know he's he's gone from very soft just asking questions to just extreme like you know he's promoting that Matt Walsh documentary right he's doing everything but like like telling his his viewers that he agrees with Walsh he's telling he's telling his audience to go to to watch the the movie um he's he's stopping just short of endorsing it he also interviewed uh some turf I don't, I don't, I can't remember her name and I'm not going to go to his profile to look it up because it's not that important. But, um, and, and, you know, in, in the quotes that, that he shared, like, it's, it's like the same kind of transphobic bullshit that you would hear from Jesse Singal or from, uh, uh, Katie Herzog easily. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the same shit. Uh, maybe, maybe even more extreme, uh, than them or at least more outwardly extreme. Uh, it, you know, and it's just like, uh, why are you doing this, man? Like, like, what is the point? Um, because the, the to me like I like I I reject basically like any of the kind of soft peddling bullshit that people do about this issue when they say oh they're just concerned about detransitioners oh I'm just concerned about uh, trans trans people in sport I'm just concerned about this I'm just concerned about that I don't like I don't care about that and I don't think that that is valid and I think that it's totally bullshit and it's just a way for people to try to to try to kind of uh, measure out like how far they can go with this stuff uh, before, before going all the way. Uh, Well, that, I mean, that's, that's my opinion of what they're doing anyway. Um, But, you know, to, to be promoting Walsh uh, and, and his, his movie to be uh, just, you know, just like to, to fill your time when, when you're someone like Taibi with the massive, massive audience that he has, uh, to fill like an entire day of social media, basically hammering home the point um, that Matt Walsh and people like him have have a point and should be listened to. Um, you know, like their their ideas deserve to be aired out. And if you don't agree with that, then you're against free speech. Um, is is just it's just ridiculous bullshit, and it's just hiding the fact that like like and like I said, like Taibi is. He, I, I think that he went basically full mask off transphobia, but. Like even even to the extent that that there might be like like something he's holding back a little bit, he's only barely doing that, you know. Like he like he's he's only one step away. Um, much like I mean, Greenwalls is like the same thing. I mean, like like both of these guys, like they're like they're 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 right there. And I really think that they should just like go all the way because like at this point, what's what's the utility in in not doing that? What's the utility in pretending that this is about anything else? I mean, these guys are. Uh, have 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 enthusiastically and actively cultivated a far right and right wing uh, and conservative audience. So what what's to be lost? Like you, you've made very clear that you don't agree with the left on basically anything, and anybody on the left who disagrees with you is a quote unquote liberal. So what do you care? Like what do you care? Like why not just go all the way? And I just don't understand like why they haven't done that. Well, and it's it's cowardly too, I think, to like do this kind of just asking questions ask because like that's the thing I. I replied to one of Taibi's tweets last night about this how he's promoting this documentary and of course he has this kind of wiggle room oh you didn't you know people saying like oh you didn't read the piece but while he's like openly just talking about these tweets and like pointing out like you say that he's he's making a legitimate point and that these academics can't answer these basic questions and basically agreeing with the overall premise of the film but in, in a way that kind of gives him wiggle room to say oh I'm not supporting it I'm simply criticizing these professors that he's referring to yeah and some and somebody pointed out too that like they were like well you know like what he what what Walsh did was he just chopped up the guy's um response 
and like and like like edit like selectively edit and like it's not it's it's not hidden it's very obvious that it's being selectively edited uh to basically make make the uh professor like seem boring and like Taibi just like immediately pivots like oh no that's good though because that's the way that these guys sound to everybody so it's good it's good that they're doing this like it's good that he did this so it's like so you don't even want to have like this is this is what fucking drives me crazy about this shit because it's like if like like you're complaining and whining because people don't want to watch this movie because people are uh expressing themselves under their right to free expression to not uh to not watch this right to like that like that they don't want to but um uh so so that is like somehow like a, a violation of free speech or against free speech principles um but to do like what walsh is doing you know to basically like selectively edit this stuff um, like that's fine because the people that he's selectively editing, like nobody wants to hear them anyway. So like, just, 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 just like, just stop with the, like, I, I just, I really don't like that bullshit basically. Is yeah. what I'm trying and, to say. and as well, I like Matt Walsh is not so benign. Like Matt Walsh is openly going out there and saying like, I don't believe anyone should be allowed. It should be able to transition. Like, I don't think transgender people should exist. Like he's explicitly, he's not shy about this. He's not someone that's just asking these questions. He's literally part of a, again, extremely well-coordinated well-funded campaign to uh attack uh, attack transgender people and take whatever rights they've managed to claw away from these power centers and and take them away and and literally make it impossible for anyone to be transgender in the united states that's their express purpose right now and when you're contributing to it with these kind of just asking questions or if you're doing something like gervais where you're like oh well it's just a joke it's not actually harming anything it's just words it's just free speech do you not like free speech or what you're still contributing to this campaign of demonization um that transgender people are experiencing so it is it isn't just a matter of free speech it's literally a political decision that is having real harm on actual people and they're just contributing to it happily you know it's very it's sick it's sick to watch this happen beyond that i think some of the stuff that were that this those you know demagogues on the right and right-wing politicians the people and the things that they've inspired on this outside of a legislative process like you know uh harassing community events there was a guy this week who went to a church a unitarian universalist church in texas that just had pride flags on display and was like tweeting from the service and it looked like a small service that oh someone's at the someone's speaking right now and they said their pronouns are they them or something like that and it's just like Dude, why do you care? The, and like, there's like these kind of like right wing, like griper type groups who are showing up at these communities, community pride events in mostly red states, kind of stand outside and scream and harass them. It's like, again, why do you care? And I don't necessarily think that like the proper response is like, like, yes, we need kids at drag shows. It's like, just let parents do what the fuck they want. Like, I don't, why do you care? Like, why does anybody care? I, I don't understand why anything that another family does is your business and then you see these like really horrible things happening in texas where they're like you know investigating parents of trans kids for abuse and that led to uh, a a kid taking their own life because they felt so bad about it like this is the consequence and that is ultimately what these quote free thinkers just asking questions guys are, are feeding into i wouldn't want any part of that yeah well and it's also a matter of like we don't want any of course, we don't want any uh, transgender people or or, LG, or any LGBTQ people in the schooling system. Of course, we have this now nonstop 
propaganda campaign about teachers talking about LGBTQ issues. Of course, we've got to be against that because it's grooming children and parents. Should, if your parents want to talk about that, they should have freedom to do that. But then you realize when you see these campaigns going that it's not about it's not just about taking it out of public spaces because then you're saying no transgender or other LGBTQ people can't have private spaces either. They can't have right. private churches that are respectful of the of people's uh, identities or pronouns or anything like that. They're going into these private spaces as well and ensuring that they're being harassed. Also, the ultimate goal here is to make sure that there is no community whatsoever. Uh, for any of these people yeah and if people want to take their kids to any kind of show like who gives a shit like it has not like yeah that's what like there's this whole strain of like ideology and conservatism where they pretend that like what they're all about is like individual liberty and freedom and you know the right to make your own decisions but like the minute that the minute that the rubber hits the road on that shit like they like they just immediately uh chuck it to the side because they don't really want that. They don't really care about that. What they want is they want their uh, specific way of life uh, and, and the way that they think that things should be like that. Like that is what conservatism and the right wing are all about, because what they want is to institute like their way of life, no matter what it takes. I mean, this guy, Matt Walsh, calls himself a theocratic fascist. And uh, I know that, you know, Taibbi said that uh, that he says that just to troll, but it's like. Well, yeah, like maybe he does, or you could just pay attention to like literally everything that he says yeah. and, and understand the like exactly. no, that's like, what he, he wants. Yeah, yeah, it oh, sucks. Yeah, yeah it it's disappointing sucks. to see like just uh, I don't know to see to see people kind of falling for this and contributing to this really, um, really obvious. Again, it's a political campaign which they're which they're through this kind of obfuscation are are uh, encouraging and people who I thought again I thought at one point would know better. That's the kind of really frustrating thing about it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just looking at what else we can if we wanted to pivot to something just checking like some uh some media drama over at uh one of the big papers there i don't know if you guys want to talk about that is that like dave weigel stuff oh you didn't see the the woman got fired really felicia, felicia Somnes, yeah Somnes? yeah they just fired Somnes, her. yeah Oh my! It's, so they suspended Weigel and fired her. It's like they really made, mismanaged that. They the fucked up every part amazing, of it. Yeah, that's that's really every single part yeah. of it. Every single part of it. It's it's just it's so insane. stupid. Like, I mean, maybe, that's that's my take on the whole thing. We're <laughs> on the same page. Just sucks. So They're dumb. so so stupid. People don't know how to handle this kind of shit. Like institutions like that just don't know how to handle things like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just like why? God, don't get it. It's just so they were so dumb. like. You guys both remember she tweeted out something when Kobe Bryant died about his the allegations of sexual assault that were levied against him, and they suspended her for that. Even though I think it's fair to tweet that out because people always want to like erase people's legacies once they die. Yeah, and she tweeted out she got suspended for that, and then they took her. They they said she wasn't allowed to cover anything related to harassment or assault because of her own personal experience. And then she, you know, was she she was upset about the retweet from Weigel. He gets suspended without pay for a month. And then she has been, you know, tweeting about the process and tweeting about the reactions from her colleagues. And today she was she was fired. So it's just really, really terrible way that The Washington Post handled everything. <laughs> yeah, they fucked, it up. Just they really, fucked really it up. Just really, stupid. Every single like. Like I, um, I, I wrote about this for, for New Statesman, or I wrote about like the Weigel part of it, right? Um, and just about how this was just, you know, really clearly a case of cover your ass. Um, you know, like the Post was just doing it to try and like 
squash the story. Like, it had nothing to do with, like, their, you know, that they actually thought that there was something wrong that he did. Because if they had, they would have done it the day that it happened. Instead of, like, you know, three days later after a shit after a shitstorm uh, developed on, on, on Twitter and, like, in company slacks and stuff. So then, like, what they end up doing is, like, they end up suspending him for a month without pay. Which is, like, so, so, so out of proportion for 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 the the uh the offense here where you know they could have easily just been like oh you have to go to like diversity train or like whatever and like take a week off like ve- like ve- like they're just like a million different ways they could have dealt with this right but they instead they dealt with it in in the, just the worst way possible and and then Somnaz just continues to cr- criticize them and to attack them uh, you know, both like in social media and like in company Slack and like uh, via email. Like there was a, a woman at, at the post named Brianna Moore who who was also like bringing up like uh, stuff that had happened in the past, like in in the newsroom, like you know, kind of like this kind of just I, I guess I would call it like careless racism, you know, like like or microaggressions, I guess, like because it's not like it, it didn't sound like the stuff was like uh like really intentional and and ugly like like attacks like targeted but just kind of this kind of like careless like offhand shit and so and so that happens and so then they like then they fire her and and i guess like on the one hand like i guess where could she go at this point like with the company like at what like what was like what else was there to do um but uh i i think that you know if they had been smart which they weren't because they're idiots like they could have just um like, let her come to that conclusion herself, you know? Like, let her be the one who does that. But instead of doing that, they fire her. Ensuring, by the way, like, it's Thursday, right? Like, people had stopped talking about this. Like, uh, I think my article was published, like, yesterday. Like, people had already stopped po- talking about this, basically. And I think, you know, the article came out and, like... But, like, people mostly, like, stopped talking about it. And now this just ensures that it's not only people are going to be talking about it today and tomorrow but they'll be talking about it probably through the weekend and into next week which is exactly like seems like what they would want not to happen but they've just like mismanaged themselves into into creating this shitstorm and making it even worse and i just i don't really like understand like what their logic is i guess no and you know no one's really blameless either like you know I don't really, I'm not like a prude or anything about humor or anything. If you're like a mainstream reporter on Twitter, um, maybe you should have, Dave Waggle probably shouldn't be retweeting like women be shopping shit posts. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, of and course. I think that's pretty fair. I also, you know, he also did unretweet it and say and apologize. I don't know if it needed to be turned into this like multi day long crusade which really escalated it to this like really kind of dramatic level that I I thought was a little over the top. But then you have, yeah, if you have the Washington Post from their end, just completely mismanaging it from every way. I think it, there's, it's been in like an overreaction in both ways with both Weigel and Samnez. I was uh, engaging in this, in this kind of like multi-day long uh, tweet storm about this. It's just been kind of, all around a lot of a lot of uh, behavior that i think didn't really reflect too well in the old washington post there on the old washington post really bizarre um are either of you watching the january 6th hearing tonight the kick congress kicks off the uh their january 6th committee uh, testimonies with some prime time action this evening we're recording cinematic say june 9th yeah it's competing with the uh, NHL playoffs, which I yeah. don't know how that's going to go, because go Rangers, baby! Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, I I, I do like to uh, 
listen to my baseball at, in the evening. But maybe, I mean, like, like there'll be like highlights and stuff, you know. So that's probably what I'll do. Yeah. Does that yeah, make I'm me sure. a bad I'm citizen? Sure the... Probably does. I think it does. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all a lot of it's processed though. And the thing is, like you say, you can get synthesized versions from clips on Twitter. What I'm wondering from both of you is, do you think any of this is going to have any impact whatsoever? I think, because listen, like we we didn't downplay the seriousness of like Donald Trump, like commanding his acolytes to storm the Capitol and try and overthrow the election results. I think that's a fairly serious thing. I think the way that liberals reacted to it, like it was the most horrible crime in the history of America was quite over the top. But I also think it was a serious thing. They shouldn't just be hand waved away. Um, but we're here like a year and a half later. I think for most average folks in America, they're worried about other stuff now. They're worried about their bills. They're worried about the price of gas. They're worried about groceries um, and all these various other crises that we're dealing with. I just don't see any situation where these hearings now, a year and a half later, are going to really sway anyone about any of this stuff. I think there was a time about, you know, in the six weeks or so after this happened, or six weeks or two months or so after it happened that Democrats could have immediately had hearings and made political hay of it and tried to use this to take down people in the, in the Republican party that contributed to it. And there would have been kind of a mandate for that, but with so much time has gone by since then, they made this extra effort to bend over backwards and be bipartisan as possible so they would never be accused of being partisan in any way, of course. And no matter what turns up in these January 6th hearings, I just think most people have just moved on with their lives, and I highly doubt it's going to have much of an overall impact into anything. And probably because they're so paralyzed with actually using the, any, whatever power they have to hold people accountable for doing stuff like this, they're just going to end up showing all the evidence and then saying, well, we'll leave it in the hands of the voters and just assume that like that's going to have some impact on the way people are going to vote in these upcoming election cycles. And, you know, I just don't see it. I don't I don't think this is going to really change anyone's opinion that hasn't already made up their mind about this. And I think the time to actually make political hay over over this uh, over the incident over January 6th was probably in the weeks following and not a year and a half later in these hearings. Right. I mean, like, yeah, they, they had an opportunity and they should have done it. They should have done it because, again, like this was serious shit uh, that happened. But yeah, you're right. I mean, but that's exactly what they're doing with the guns. Right. Like, the, you know, like the the Uvalde yep. shooting happened. Um, and, and, and let me preface this, too, by saying that, like, I I am I'm not taking a position uh, because i i understand like like there are genuine left arguments against um gun control laws and in that like they have to be like you know done very carefully because of who they can affect and like what can happen in a carceral system and like i get all of that but i think that it is really instructive to like look at like the politics around it to even if you can just kind of pull pull away from like the horrific uh human tragedy that is just like unspeakable right that happened but like if you just pull away from it for a second and like like look at it from a political point of view what happened is that uh the the democrats probably had probably were delivered like probably their best possible shot of getting legislation uh to deal with with guns in the country you know to get like an assault weapons ban um uh you know it, it raised the age for gun purchases uh universal background checks I feel I feel pretty confident they could have made a pretty good push for all three of those in the immediate wake of this happening. But instead, um, they went on vacation for 10 days 
And Chris Murphy decided to work with Republicans on trying to craft some legislation. And like, where are we now? Like, it's been like, you know, three weeks now. And now like, the, like the, uh, the legislation that he's getting through is basically nothing. Um, then like, they're just moving on from that from there. Uh, you know, a friend of, friend of your show and mine, Cameron Kasky, uh, went on to Mehdi Hassan last night. So that'll be, uh, uh, June 8th for, for people who are listening, uh, not, uh, today live. So not the three of us. Um, and, uh, he went on and, and was talking just about how, uh, how, how this stuff is just complete bullshit. And it's just so that they get to say that they've done something when they have done absolutely nothing. And it's just really instructive to like, look at the way that this happens and then to look at it, like in the context of one, six, the one, six hearings where, you know, if you had, if, if they had like done something about it immediately, uh, something could have happened. But it, if I recall correctly, like, didn't they shut down the house for like three or four days? They shut it down completely. Um, so like they, so they have these moments of, of, of political action that they can take and then they just fritter it away by, by delaying and, and, uh, making sure that nothing happens. And it, it's, it's a frustrating pattern to, to put it, to put it lightly. Right. <laughs> So we'll see how this goes. The Senate just left town again today for a long weekend. Next week, I believe it's either next week or... Yeah, next week is a short week because of Juneteenth. And then shortly thereafter, they go on a two-week recess again. So maybe we'll see this before then, but it's... You know, the window is closing before yet another vacation for the Senate. I mean, I'm just glad that they're taking care of themselves, seeing a mass shooting. Self-care We're seeing a mass important. shooting or more every day. Yeah, one in Maryland, like right think... now, three days. Yeah, yep. yep, it's great. It's really nice. So, so Jordan, do you think these hearings are going to mean anything? Um, you know, it's like I don't, I don't mean to be cynical about these things. I would like to believe that the Democratic Party is going to say, yeah, we're going to take this opportunity to go after our political opponents, go after the people in the Republican Party that were behind, that were helping to plan this, and you know, attack them, go after them with everything we have. But obviously, that's just not what they're about. You know, they've been like with whether it's whether it's gun rights with the Evaldi incident, or whether it's this, it's there's this bending over backwards to appear bipartisan hampers their ability to actually engage politically with these issues in any way like do you think these hearings are going to accomplish anything i think they'll accomplish something i'll get to what it is but not the you know trump's locked up he's he's done right uh, the walls that's are not what it's going to yeah. be yeah absolutely not and anyone telling you that ignore them they're not they're just they're feeding into uh, this collective delusion in the, in the kind of liberal circles it will likely at best smear trump a little bit and I think what you're going to see from the stuff that we're going to hear from witnesses, you know, many of whom are former uh, Trump administration people and people who don't have the same type of clout to avoid any blowback or punishment. I think you'll see some things that will sully his image uh, a little bit. And it's not like I said, it's not going to be the end of Trump. But what I think this does is for enough people and there, you know, there are there are some people in the Republican Party who like everything Trump did, but just are just tired of tired of the, the chaos, tired of the drama, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like, I think you like saw Liz a little, well, Yeah, but I think there's like I think there's a different type of Republican too. you have like the Liz Cheney's and you have like the Lincoln Project people, all those people who are just like, I'm going to work with Democrats now. I think there's still people who would never work with Democrats, but just don't like them and just kind of sat out. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm derailing a, you. Go ahead, go ahead. 
No, no, it's okay. I think it's a small percentage, but I think that can be exploited by someone like Ron DeSantis. And I think what this is going to do, the ultimate impact this is going to have is that it really increases the tension between the Trump world and the DeSantis world. Because there are reports, and certainly like, and not in 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 liberal media, but I think, I've, and a lot of political press have seen that Trump's world doesn't really know how to prepare for this and doesn't know what to do. And it's not that like, oh, it's over because he's going to be fine. He's going to, he's going to have the same life that he has going forward. It's just that this creates a window of opportunity for DeSantis to exploit. And DeSantis is polling really well in a lot of red states. And in some states, he's polling better than Trump. So this could be the, the, the point where he just completely edges out Trump because he'll, he'll do the same things, if not more and worse things from our perspective but for the right it's even better for them you know because i think he he would he would go to even greater lengths than trump to to fuck things up so this could create an opportunity for desantis to continue his rise and supersede trump that's the impact i think these would ultimately have for a second there, I thought you were going to say that they would have some sort of positive impact, but I'm glad that we got to <laughs> where we got because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, cool. No, I don't, th- I don't, I don't see that anything other than maybe like a fall guy for for Trump getting in trouble for like a little bit. I'd be yeah. shocked if anything serious happened to Trump. I would be shocked. It's just weird because I remember when this happened. Like we do know people that like kind of are that work around the Democratic Party and in various places in Washington, D.C. And there was talk about we're going to go after Marjorie Taylor Greene and we're going to like, you know, try and really hammer them with this stuff. And they've just they just kind of gave up on it. There was kind of energy for this, I think, in a certain in parts of the party. And there was probably been uh, energy for it amongst the supporters of the party uh, in those weeks after. But now it's just like it's amazing to think that with everything going on in America, people are going to are going to be because I, I think it's it's this liberal delusion that other people in the country or around the world see it as they do, which is like just this almost like 9-11 level crisis horror, um, which I think most people don't really see it like that. Um, and they're going to try and sell that to people. And, and again, with everything else going on in people's lives, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are think it is that much of a horrible tragedy, even though we've discussed all the ways when it was happening. Um, that it was it was really dangerous, but the time to convince people of that was in the in the weeks following, not not eighteen months later. The days, the hours. But I think, yeah, I mean, they. I think they they tried with impeachment. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess that was part of it, but it was it was going after Trump. It was like we've got Trump yeah. off social media. We impeached Trump again. We did that, but then everyone else that was kind of connected to it, because there's a whole kind of MAGA part of Definitely. the Republican Party that were openly promoting that and supporting it. There was questions about, you know, who was going on uh, certain tours the night before or the day before with uh, with uh, some of these people that were coming from out of town. There was whole conservative influencers that were hiring buses to like go to this thing. Um, like there was a lot more people involved with this that if they actually felt like it they could have gone after in the days after in the days following instead they kind of yeah they made it a trump thing trump got kicked off social media and everyone else that was intimately involved with it kind of just skated away and also like they started the second impeachment um they waited a week to do it and this is what i'm saying like like they should have just done it like (laughs) they should have just done it the next day immediately well just it's the kind of thing you just Ask yourself what Republicans would do if Barack Obama said Donald Trump is, uh, let me be clear, Donald Trump is stealing the election. I'm going to ask people to go down to the Capitol 
and uh, riot at the Capitol <laughs> and stop the election uh, recount. I'm sure Republicans oh, would be very generous. Is he in here their on the account. podcast with us? <laughs> Thank you. Thank Mr. President, is that you? <laughs> I was ready to debut that. How's Hawaii, sir? Yeah, but I'm, I, yes, I'm sure that Republicans would be very reasonable after that, If even if that resulted in a fucking like vase falling over in the Capitol building, they would probably be there the next day holding hearings and getting every single person that was in any way connected to that being questioned and there would be nonstop in the conservative media for days and they, they would never let it go. Um, I mean, he, like, like he, he would yeah. be held in a brig, like, like off the coast <laughs> yeah, of like Maryland. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's, that's the thing. They're able to capitalize on these kinds of things in the way that these liberals are not because they feel kind of, they feel like it's wrong somehow to wield political power in this way, even when it's deserved. Well, that's the thing is that they're like they, I think that they're still playing by like the old rules, right? I mean, this isn't like at, at all yeah. a, a a unique take. Like I'm like the eight millionth person to say it, but you know, like they they are treating this like it's like the same situation, you know, that it's been like for for years, and you know, the reality is that that it's not, and like just because. The way that the Republicans practice uh, politics in the U.S. is 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 you know distasteful and goes against norms and 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 whatever. Um, like you're not going to get the norms back just by not fighting the same way that they're fighting. And every single time that the Democrats you know refuse, uh, because it is a refusal, like they are refusing to exercise their political power in the same cutthroat, ruthless way that the GOP does, uh, they are making a decision uh, not to do that. And they are making a decision uh, to continue to fight with like, you know, two hands tied behind their back. So uh, it's just very uh, frustrating to watch, especially, um, you know, coming from the perspective of, of not caring for either party. But, you know, clearly, clearly uh, one is worse than the other. And the one that could actually do something about the bad, the, the, the worst one, uh, just refuses to do it. And like, you know, I like, I, I know like a lot of people say that this is by design and that this is, you know, this is, uh, this is their job and this is what they do. I like, I don't agree with that. I think that they actually do want, uh, to win power and I think they actually do want to be able to govern, but I think they're just not willing or, uh, they're just not willing to do what they need to do in 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 order to take and exercise power, and uh, as as long as as the, the the Democrats refuse to do that, the GOP is only going to be more and more emboldened, and they're just going to go to more and more extreme uh, levels. I mean, like DeSantis, you were talking about DeSantis earlier. I don't know if you guys saw like the the slew of bills that he's trying to get passed or something. Like he's trying to sign into power. They're just going to like strip tons and tons of power away from the state legislature and give it to the unitary executive. And he basically cites like the Dick Cheney uh, unitary executive uh, theory um, that, you know, well, it's not Dick Cheney's it's, it's a unitary executive theory that's been in place for, for many decades, but it was definitely like amplified during Bush and then um, uh, in, in, in with Obama as well, like kind of codified into law with Obama or in, into practice, like bipartisanly. So, uh, but, but, but what DeSantis is trying to do is like basically take that kind of extreme interpretation of the powers of the presidency and, and, and bring it to the state level. And what it basically tells you is that that is like, that 
if and when he becomes president, that's what it's going to be like. Like, it's going to be like hardcore uh, unitary executive authoritarianism. So that's fun to think about. It's going to happen because we know the Democrats are not going to have a response to this. Did yeah, I just kill the vibe? Right. No, no. No, that's usually how these go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Owen, you're disrupting the aggregation business, the aggregation industry. What's up? Well, we are. We are. Um, that's right, baby. Yeah. So Jordan and I have uh, a new project that we're working on, everybody. Uh, it's called News Bolt, uh, like a lightning bolt. Um, and it's essentially um, aggregation of news links and articles and opinion pieces. Uh, we post them three times a day right now. Uh, it, it's just kind of a way for people on the left to be able to have somewhere to go to kind of see what people are talking about. Um, and, and what the news is and what like the kind of left and progressive spin on the news is, you know, I, and I know that, you know, Jordan and I have talked about this before, but like, and, and Rob, I'm sure that you can be able to relate to this because, you know, like a lot of time you'll be on Twitter and things are just getting buried in all of the noise. Like, you know, like even, even like more news centered, uh, accounts like ours are still going to just be flooded with a whole bunch of other stuff or there, you know, there's some like media drama that everybody's talking about or everybody's making fun of whoever the main character is for the day, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is all Twitter speak. If, if people are listening that don't use the site, but, um, you, you can kind of get flooded. Same thing with Reddit. Um, and so what, what we're trying to do is, is just present a very, very simple streamlined, you know, usually around 12 to 16 links per post. So that's, you know, somewhere around like 50 a day where, and, and we kind of like uh, put our own spin on the headlines. So you can kind of like, you don't even necessarily have to click everything. Uh, you can kind of get a sense of what's going on in the news uh, just by visiting the page. Um, and so it's kind of like a combination of messaging and link aggregation where, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the people that we're trying to reach are, are people who, you know, are progressive, liberal left, uh, who, you know, are trying to keep up on the news, but, but maybe sometimes can find themselves getting a little drowned out. Um, what do you think? Is that a good, is that a good description, Jordan? I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing for me. Excited. Like I, I used to use Twitter for news only. And then I started spending more time on it and it's like, oh, there's like funny people on here and oh, there's other people on here. And it's just like now I can't really exclusively use Twitter for news, which is okay, but there's nothing on the left that offers that same utility, right? I have to jump around every different site or try to search for things or like you said, Reddit, same thing. Even if you try to curate it, it's still a lot of like recommended stuff, a lot of ads. I don't want to see all that. I just want a quick place to go. And I'm not fully endorsing everything everything that they wrote, but Think Progress used to be like a somewhat good place to look at like okay what's 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 happening in politics in the world with a slightly liberal perspective and that's dead now and there's a couple sites that do a decent job but again ads sometimes stuff that's not relevant to me sometimes just clickbait stuff because their their goal is traffic and ad revenue and ultimately they have like a team of writers to that they really need to push clicks for like ours is just this is a utility this is a tool if you go to newsbolt.org you could just see it's just it's just links. Here's the headlines, links, outlet, read it. And then we, because, you know, we were, uh, is this show and, and Owen, your Substack, the Flashpoint we're both part of, discontents uh, is no more. So we put a sidebar with all of those individual Substacks so you can still get that discontents network 
on this site as well. Yeah, and I think I think that's I think, I I just want to jump off of something that you said there, which is like you know like all of these sites that are doing a good job of aggregation, but they're still trying to push their writers and push their articles. Like one thing that we are really 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 committed to is like not flooding it with articles that we are writing yeah. for the site. It's just right. outbound links, just outbound links, and um, a, a a spin on each headline. That just kind of gives you kind of the what what we consider to be kind of our like lefty progressive kind of take. But that's it. But that's it. And I think that um, and and we've talked about this before. But you know, like a lot of the time, people get lost in in, in pe- people will start stuff like this, and then they'll just kind of get lost in trying to like overcomplicate things. Uh, we're trying to go in the exact opposite direction, streamlined as much as possible, uh, as simple as possible. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm glad you. I'm glad you two are working on that. Sounds like a pretty cool little project. Yeah, we've been doing it for about like six weeks now. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, very nice. Newsbolt.org. Yeah, yeah. Please, please come check it out. Yeah, yeah. We are seeing decent, decent traffic, and 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 this is. I guess this is kind of our coming out party a little bit. This is like the first time yeah, we're really talking been, about it. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really pushed it other than just retweeting the links and just kind of seeing what happens organically. Because we wanted to see how it flowed. And yeah. Tens of thousands of people have already checked it out. So yeah, and and we're happy every time I feel like every time we like boost the Twitter account a little bit more, like it gets more. You know, like there's just more. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a snowball kind of right, right. So Rob, uh, that is you're only allowed to get news from us now. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, it's everything you would look at Rob Russo show. Yeah. I mean, usually, yes. I usually the way I get my news is I have to email you and you tell me what to think and believe. So this yes. is a really easier way to go about that because we don't have to go through that whole process. So we're all about streamlining. Yeah, streamlining like Owen was saying, thing, yeah. keeping it simple, keeping it streamlined. Now yeah. we don't even have to do that. Yeah, Wonderful. as efficient as possible, as simple. Like basically, just piping in takes and news into into your ear, into your brain, and that's basically what we're doing. So instead of instead of you having to get the brainstem thing put in like you normally would in this case it's just you just have to go to the website and that's it that's right you're welcome rob very nice well that's great <laughs> uh and owen thanks for coming on to the show to talk about that and to talk about everything else that we discussed today we appreciate you Owen. thank you thank you owen where yeah, can people you find your work where can people find the flashpoint uh the flashpoint is at my Substack, which is e-o-i-n-h-i-g-g-i-n-s dot substack.com my first name last name substack.com uh you can also just keep up with my work by following me on twitter owen higgins underscore e-o-i-n-h-i-g-g-i-n-s underscore thanks awesome. so much thanks Owen. we'll talk to you soon great bye thank you for listening to the insurgents Please remember to subscribe over at theinsurgents.substack.com. Find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. And please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful and we appreciate it a lot. But please, again, don't mention Ken Klippenstein in the review. He is banned from the show. It's a lifetime ban. So please do not mention him in the review. And we'll be back later this week with more of the content that you know and love. Goodbye.